moving on to our next segment, uh, environmentalists and, and others won a big victory last week in uh, in Astoria, Queens, when a when uh, Governor Kathy Hochul conceded to uh, many months uh, of, of uh, organizing and pressure uh, from uh, community activists, environmentalists, and others uh, to not uh, give a permit to a, a gas peaker plant uh, that would have been installed in Astoria. And we're going to hear more about uh, why this was a significant victory and how uh, the, org- the organizing for this came together and was so effective that uh, the governor of New York uh, decided the better thing to do would be to uh, to kill this uh, uh, power plant. And to talk about this is with us is uh, Lee Zishi of Sane Energy. Lee, welcome to WBAI Radio. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having me back. You bet. Always great to have you join us. So first of all, uh, can you talk about what a gas peaker plant is and, and why it was opposed uh, by so many groups in, in North Brooklyn and in Queens? Yeah. So, you know, on the hottest days of the year is when we use the most electricity um, in New York City. You know, everyone's blasting their ACs. It's hot. We need a lot of a lot of energy. And what happens is um, some of the dirtiest power plants in the state turn on to meet that peak demand. Um, And the proposal for Astoria was to run that plant on fracked gas. You know, we we banned fracking here in New York, but we are still um, importing a ton of gas from states like Pennsylvania that are fracking. Um, so this get, this power plant would have run on frack gas on the hottest days of the year. Um, one that's, you know, very awful for our climate. Uh, fracked gas is even stronger of a greenhouse gas than um, carbon dioxide, which is the gas we talk about a lot. Um, but it also creates other pollutants that really affect air quality. Um, where this power plant was proposed in Astoria is part of an area known as Asthma Alley. You know, at a lot of our different rallies and stuff, we had, you know, people who grew up in the community and kids saying that in that area, people compare, you know, inhalers um, on the playground and stuff. So this would contribute to, you know, the, the really poor air quality already and the health in this area and take us in the opposite direction of where we actually need to be going for our climate goals. So that's why people were just absolutely opposed to it. And the community responded very quickly because you know they've been dumped on for decades. There's other power plants in this area. There's pipelines that go through it. Con Ed stores gas there. Um, so the community responded very quickly because they, they know the impacts firsthand. And can you uh, say when the, this uh, plant was uh, first proposed and then the the organizing that that gained momentum uh, you kind of lay out how y'all brought together this this coalition yeah i can't even remember the exact date but it was proposed a few years ago um this plant that that NRG, they're a gigantic fossil fuel company that they currently run, has to shut down anyway by 2023 um, because of different pollution rules. And so years ago, they proposed this new power plant um, really under the radar. And then they kind of shelved it because it just wasn't financially, it didn't make sense for them. But now that there's this new law where they're going to have to shut down because of something called NOx, it's one of the pollutants, um, now that they're stronger pollutant um, laws, they brought this plant back up and they were doing it very under the radar. Um, you know, it looked like the Department of Environmental Conservation was going to just rubber stamp it. And it was actually a local um, DSA eco-socialist 
um, who heard about it, let other DSA eco-socialists know. Um, then they reached out to some folks like Sane Energy, who I work for, and other groups that have been fighting frack gas projects for a long time, like Food and Water Watch, um, Sierra Club. And so we really started just organizing. And what we have found in the past, especially when it comes to the Department of Environmental Conservation, is like they will listen to our laws, but only if we build enough political pressure. So there was a rally last summer in Astoria. We helped people submit thousands and thousands of public comments that really laid out the fact that this, this power plant would go against our laws, the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. So we kind of built, you know, the factual and scientific and legal groundwork that the DEC had to make the right decision. And then we also just built mass political pressure. So, you know, every elected official in the area has come out against it, including, you know, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, Senator Schumer came out against it. And, you know, there was you know, and a lot of those elected officials were, you know, very strongly, you know, not like towing the line. They were very much against it. Um, and I really want to give a shout out to, you know, the staffs of both AOC's team um, and um, assembly members or on Mandami's team, you know, because they were also with people like knocking on doors and sending postcards, um, which I think really shows that when you elect organizers to office um, in these fights, it helps so much because they actually really helped us, you know, build the base against it and educate their their constituents. You know, this is an issue that Zoran ran on, um, as well as Tiffany Caban, who is, you know, very likely going to be the city council person for that area now. So it really was, you know, a very wide coalition of grassroots groups, you know, led by the Astoria community, um, the people who are who are most impacted. And, you know, the governor heard us and the DEC heard us. Um, and their decision was was very, very strong. Um, they confirmed that frack gas does not comply with the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act and really, you know, saw through a lot of the greenwashing that um, NRG had done to try to get this passed. And then I don't think that would have happened at all without the, you know, just massive and amazing uh, organizing that happened. Right. No, definitely. Western Queens has really uh, uh, moved to the left in the last uh, couple of election cycles, uh, first with AOC's election and then as you're saying with uh, Tiffany Caban and Soren Maldani. So, yeah, definitely a, an example of uh, uh, outside organizing and, and inside allies. Um, and, and speaking of that, uh, there, there's been a campaign underway for the last year or two um, to kind of go beyond fighting these defensive battles against one bad uh, project or another and to uh, really try to move toward a, a more public uh, uh, utility and energy system here in New York. Uh, can you talk about uh public power and, and as a, as a concept and, and the organizing that's going on with that? Yeah. You know, St. Energy is very, very proud to be a member of the public power and why coalition. Um, one of the reasons we got involved in that coalition is because we've been fighting national grid here in Brooklyn um, from building fossil fuel infrastructures. And it just became so clear that these corporate utilities um, are never going to do the right thing. And also, you know, Part of the reason we are in this situation, we are in a climate crisis is because the way the fossil fuel industry operates, right? You know, they're extracting in one community and dumping them and treating them as a sacrifice zone, all to, you know, really extract profits from our communities. So, you know, it's not enough just to stop NRG from building a frack gas power plant in Astoria. We also want to make sure that what we're replacing that with is publicly owned energy. So the bill that the Public Power Coalition will be fighting for this year in Albany is the Build Public Renewables Act. 
And that would allow an authority that already exists, um, the New York Power Authority, to finally build utility scales renew renewables you know, at utility scale. So right now they can only build a few small projects. This would allow the state to actually, you know, instead of building a new frac gas power plant, build a bunch of solar panels or wind turbines or things that could replace that power. And instead of it being owned by some evil fossil fuel corporation, it would actually be owned by the people. So one that makes things a lot cheaper for us um, because, you know, we're not having to worry about paying for, you know, National Grid's CEO's um, salary or the CEO of NRG's salary. Um, and it really makes sure that we can, you know, no longer be held hostage by the fossil fuel industry. Because, you know, what NRG said is like, hey, we need this power plant for the hottest days of the year. But we know that the days are getting hotter precisely because companies like NRG are burning frac gas. And, you know, we're fighting National Grid in North Brooklyn, and they're saying they need gas storage for the coldest days of winter. But we know the coldest days are these polar vortex and things um, that are exactly being caused by the fossil fuel industry. So the Build Public Renewables Act would really allow us to, you know, free ourselves um, from the horrible situation um, that we've been trapped in because the fossil fuel industry has just had so much power um, in our state and, and country. Right. And uh, our next guest uh, hasn't quite been able to join us yet. And we were going to talk about uh, uh, the Glasgow Climate Summit that's going on right now, and um, we, we hope they'll be joining us shortly. But uh, your your thoughts on the relation between the, the kind of work uh, Sane Energy and other groups are uh, doing here in New York and these uh, larger uh, global uh, climate uh, negotiations that are uh, ongoing for many years in the United Nations and, and once again, happening this week in Scotland. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was at COP21 and in, uh, this was the end of 2015. Um, and, you know, in that time, hundreds of frac gas power plants have been built, you know, so no matter what Joe Biden is, you know, over there saying whatever lofty goals, you know, the reality is, is, you know, fossil fuel capital has been on the march in the United States, and that really hasn't stopped. And the only time we actually defeat projects is when the community stands up. And there's actually been, you know, obviously really amazing communities that have fought back and, and have still lost, you know, what we just saw out at Line 3 in Minnesota, um, at Standing Rock, um, even here in New York, you know, there were fights to stop a power plant from being built in Dutchess County and Weyweyanda. Um, And so I think it's really important to, as we, you know, that, no matter what the promises are, they can't be greenwashed. You know, National Grid is one of the sponsors right now of COP26. So we need serious commitments to stop new fossil fuel projects and making sure that money on a federal level, state level are going directly to our communities to, to replace these projects. And also just everybody should know, like indigenous organizers are the most like amazing. That's one thing I discovered at COP21. Uh, they just interrupted everybody in the most beautiful and powerful ways. So listen to those voices um, who are right there in COP now. It, right. And it, it, as someone who attended a, a COP conference, uh, can you describe it? What else can you describe about one of these conferences? Like uh, what's it like to be there essentially as a, an outsider? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very bizarre. I was doing some filming, actually, and, and went to like one of these very like swanky setups that they had where there was all this nice food. And there was like the European country promoting their frac gas pipeline and, and all the nuclear people, um, you know, people who are just regular community activists have to really fight to get space in COP. 
you know, they might be invited to speak here and there, but where they really make a difference is often like big disruptions of say, you know, I remember a disruption of indigenous activists of Governor Jerry Brown from California that was incredibly powerful or, or beautiful art. Um, in Paris, it was it was very intense in, in 2015 because I was right after they had a terrorist attack. They weren't going to allow a big march and we only knew like the morning of the march that we weren't going to be risking arrest, you know, doing this big red line march in Paris. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're very much like protected by the police and it is it is very corporate. Um, and it's a chance for a lot of corporations to to greenwash what they're doing. Um, like I said, National Grid is one of the lead sponsors there. And, you know, here they are building a frack gas pipeline through black and brown communities in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's difficult. You know, I've been thinking a lot about the passage of time and how much money has been wasted. I remember a lot of like solar tech bros being like, oh, this is the market signal we need in 2015 and everything is going to be great. Well, we are inching along on solar and we've built a ton of frack gas. So, you know, um, it's, it's definitely a weird environment and it's not very equitable. People from the global south who are the most impacted have a very hard time getting there or having space. Um, you know, a lot of it really is just kind of a, a greenwashing of the, you know, capitalist fossil fuel system that has got us into this mess in the first place. Yes, uh, corporate copulating. It's a grim sight. Uh, so um, we're, we're going to, in our next segment, we're going to talk more about COP, but uh, Lee Zishi from Sane Energy, thank you so much for joining us this evening to to talk about the big victory out in Astoria and all the work you all are doing around uh, trying to bring public power to New York. Thanks so much. You bet. Okay, so we'll be back after a short break, and then we'll talk with uh, Nancy Romer from the New York City People's Climate Movement. 